I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it. And I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash yasmine. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash yasmine, Y-A-S-M-E-E-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmine Tarehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. On today's episode, I'll be speaking with Dr. Thornton Streeter, the founder of the Center of Biofield Sciences, now based in Panaji in his own research center after 18 years at the UNESCO, MIT, and World Peace Center. He focused on investigating the anatomy and physiology of the human biofield. And in addition, he also founded the Energy Medicine Exchange, and he's a collaborator on Subtle Energy Imaging System, the Biofield Viewer, which we'll talk about. Dr. Streeter has spent over 25 years specializing in research of the human biofield and encourages research worldwide. So I'm so excited to welcome him to the show. It was highly recommended to me by Dr. Francesca McCartney, who is on the show and who leads a school called the Academy of Intuition Medicine, uh, of which I am a graduate. So welcome to the show, Thornton. Thank you. So uh, Thornton, um, can you tell us the different ways that we can look at matter and perhaps some of the misconceptions people have about the human body? Wow, what a beautiful question and such a big question. Yeah, I think I think that is um, the issue that um, um, is kind of um, asking and informing the world view at the moment. Um, in my field of healthcare and medicine, there's a lot of medical devices that we use to peer into the matter of the human body. But um, as you suggest, perhaps uh, there's a wider understanding of uh, matter um, that needs to be kind of remembered and calibrated um, in school, we learn about the states of matter, um, solid, liquid, gas, um, ether, plasma, as you like to call the fourth state. But um, for a long time, this fourth state of matter wasn't um, kind of, it was a taboo subject in medicine. 
um, and there's been quite a lot of suppression. Um, you can even see the kind of trails of pioneers in the field kind of seemingly getting crushed for just having uh, an interest in this field. And, and it's true today. Um, as a scientist, I've received funding for my labs through the UN at MIT. Um, but um, when I was lecturing at the university in Paris not that long ago, a colleague told me one of his colleagues was um, was actually sacked from Manchester University for wanting to investigate this state of matter. I mean, I find it amazing. So um, not only is it an important subject for the integration of health knowledge it's also been a taboo subject and so we need to understand why that is and um, how to kind of tip the balance back if you like mm. so important yes um and why is energy medicine so important why did you dedicate so much of your life to this space well it's funny because <laughs> it was kind of an accident, you know, um, as a scientist, I was fascinated by biofields. Um, very early on in my life, I met two very influential women. One was called Rosemary Steele, um, who was taking photographs of a, a sadhu's handprints for a yagna ceremony. And he was supposed to leave his body after a couple of weeks and so they took images of his biofield every day. And then on the exact time he was supposed to leave his body on this giant clay bird, um, there was no readings. It actually made front page news at, at the time. Um, and then latterly, um, one of my um, guides through my own research, Dr. Mayor Master Moose, um, in the early 80s was doing a lot of research with biofield imaging. And um, and so between the two of them, they kind of teed me up for it. So on that basis, I kind of already had my football shirt on. I knew what I was doing. Um, and it just took me quite a while to reason to understand what was the terrain that I was on. And I was on the terrain, which is common to all healing modalities. And so when I investigate um, Reiki or pranic healing or EFT or any of these different modalities, we find the common thread is the biofield because the biofield is responding um, and it's acting according to its, you know, stimulation from um, the person, professional person who's holding space for that treatment to occur. Uh, it's obviously much more gentle to um, when you're in a wave state um, to heal somebody than when you're in a particle state. And as we know from physics, we're blinking between wave and particle state all the time. Modern medicine and modern science focuses on our particular state, the material state, but we're actually blinking uh, instantaneously. So some energy therapists realized that, that there's no side effects. Um, you don't have to cleave the body open. A lot of the research I've done into entities and possessions, which obviously is behind the most misguided aspect of science we call psychiatry, um, because modern scientists don't see the entities, they think people are bipolar. 
they don't realize that they had a previous blood transfusion or a kidney transplant or, or even a cut and another entity entered their body. And we can see them very clearly with biofield imaging equipment. So we realize healthcare has become a travesty because of the ignorance and the skepticism trained into these sort of pharma-minded individuals we call doctors. So can we actually pause? Because you said a lot and I, our audience um, you know, is in 70 plus countries and many of them probably are very new to this space. So I'd love to first define like what is a, a biofield? How does it look like, right? So we can just kind of uh, you sure. know, share that concept sure. with people and, and also how, how you're able to, um, you know, with your machine, like, you know, what that looks like. And I'd love to also dive into what you just mentioned, which we, I thought we'd go into later in the show, which is wave versus particles. But let's start with the biofield first. Okay. Okay. Well, the biofield, just in pure language sense, is well understood in every tradition. Um, in Unani medicine, for example, we call it the rue. And so I've done a lot of research with Unani doctors in my institute to kind of look at that perspective. You know, how does the old Greek medicine, which is very popular in Arab countries around the world, um, in in the um, Vedic science, um, they have perhaps you could say a little bit more detail. They speak about the chakras and um, the um, mama points, and that's mirrored in the ancient oriental perspective um, where they speak of the dantians and the acupuncture points so the biofield is effectively the bioplasma this fourth state of matter that we were alluding to earlier that is emanated as an exhaust by a very efficient human system. And it also acts as a protective field, a bit like the Van Allen belt uh, does for the atmosphere and the atmosphere does for the earth, protects us from incoming you know, cosmic frequencies. So too does the biofield, which is really just the exhaust of our karma, you could say, uh, expressed as biophotonic um, bioplasma. And of course, when we study the patterns in this bioplasmic emanation, we call the aura or the biofield, um, we can see disease states often well before they become physical. And this is why it's front and center in preventative medicine and the future of healthcare, because we're able to gently identify cancer six years before a mammogram can. And this, of course, is, is breakthrough that uh, obviously needs the world's attention. So, uh, Thornton, what does that look like? Can you give us an example of like what, you know, you said you can f figure out that someone is going to get cancer six years from now. Maybe you could talk to us about the machinery um, sure. that you, I think, um, sure. worked on. And then, yeah, because I, I want to paint the picture and then also perhaps like grounded in like an actual story um, just so folks can get an understanding of of what that what that looks like sure of course um the human biofield is the direct equivalent of the um atmosphere around the planet i alluded to that earlier and so for example we notice um patterns and symmetries and especially asymmetries um 
I talk about the tensegrity of the biofields. This implies a tension and an integrity, and it's borrowed from Buckminster Fuller, um, because what we really are fascinated by symmetry. A healthy person has a symmetrical biofield. Um, and when a biofield is symmetrical, a bit like a tent with all its guy ropes and poles all in the right place, it can handle a really strong wind like COVID. Um, but if um, it's sort of twisted and the guy ropes aren't put in correctly because of environmental stresses or, or such like, um, the tent will blow down. <laughs> um, and the other aspect, of course, is of this symmetry that's important is that when a biofield is very symmetrical, it can brighten. And so a bit like a lamp, uh, someone whose health is compromised can only pass a certain amplitude, a certain turn on the lamp. But someone who's of great physical and biofield symmetry um, can handle a lot more brightness. So in terms of what does that look like, or just go into your... Um, um, place of worship or a museum and you will see art performed by I guess clairvoyant artists or of people whose biofields were so bright we could now see them as halos around them um, and there's a lot of anatomical detail in the museums of the world which unfortunately never quite made it to Gray's anatomy and again, this is because that kind of worldview is very polarized to a biochemical solution, where in fact health is more like an iceberg. There's a physical aspect, and then there are all these other aspects which modern equipment hasn't been able to focus on or perhaps chosen not to focus on. And they've left, um, you know, a humanity perhaps um, poorly supported, um, which is ironic. Um, and that's why I've obviously made my biofield viewer system available free to anyone who's got a phone, because in order to have the kind of shift this world needs, we need to really give the power back to the individual and honor them, honor their ability to make their own choices. And with the biofield viewer, they can see themselves as they really are. And they can now track the progress of their chosen protocols or, or modalities. Um, and if they're not working, they'll see instantly that it's not for them. Um, this is what I believe in. So, Thornton, you said anyone with a phone can use your biofield viewer. What do you mean by that? Well, our imaging system, biofield viewer, is effectively kind of digital clairvoyance. Um, and um, for many years, we sold it as a clinical unit around the world. And there's thousands of doctors and healers and practitioners who have this system. But because I was one of the early scientists doing research into distant healing and proved that it worked, I realized we could save a lot of traffic fumes and parking fees if we just uh, encourage people to work from home. And also at a distance means you can treat people all over the world. You don't just have this sort of 30-mile bubble that you're allowed to operate in. Um, and so our professional healers for a couple of years have had our cloud version of Biofield Viewer, which allows their own clients to take their images. And this is what we encourage because they have a professional practitioner able to guide them through what they're seeing. But because a selfie a very simple image taken of the face 
is supported by 5,000 years of face reading, um, and the biofield viewer is just super accentuating things which are there you can't see. It works really well with the templates for people who do face reading or tongue reading or ear reading or whatever it is, whatever aspect, whatever facet, I should say, of the diamond, the holographic diamond, which tells us everything in each facet. You just choose which one you want to look at, do it holistically, and of course you'll get rewarded. Do it um, in a way like a modern medical device, like a PET scan or a, or a CAT scan, which is inherently harmful. Um, and then, then we have a problem, very big problem, an elephant in the room, in fact. And so, uh, Thornton, and I'd love to later in the show um, direct people to where they can actually do their own kind of reading, uh, biofield viewer reading, reading, so that they can get some kind of clarity on on how they're showing up. But I, I will, I will show this out. I will send it to you. Um, and yeah, it's 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 available on any phone, whether you have an iPhone or any kind of phone. Um, and the other thing, of course, is that you can image any living system, whether it's an animal, a favored horse or a hundred cows wow. or whatever it is you want to look at. And you will see their pain and you will see their spiritual development. You'll see their emotional state. That's probably the most important thing because that's not very well covered in medicine at the moment. Um, and um, of course, the emotional map of the human body is well understood because there are thousands of energy medicine modalities that use many different techniques to perceive that kind of an anatomy of emotions where we wear sadness on our chest, for example. So if someone uses my biofield viewer and there's a lot of low frequency energy like red color on their chest, especially if they're really well lit, and it's like, wow, that shouldn't be red. If it's not a sort of artifact like chest hair, for example, I would then ask that person if I was in a session with them, not, are you sad? But what are you sad about? Because I know what I'm seeing. And the image empowers me to tell those individuals what they need to hear. And they know, I know enough to let them, to let me tell them. You know, it's, it's, it's a very powerful opportunity when you look into what we now call the soul mirror on, on, um, on the phone, you know, search for the soul mirror, you'll find us. Um, but the point is, that's really crucial is that our technology transcends, say, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. What we've developed is something like a microscope or a ruler. Or it's a measuring device. You can look at the stars with it. You can look at bacteria. You can look at COVID. Um, and you can question all of these things from a new perspective. And so it doesn't need to be pigeonholed by anybody into having a function of doing X, Y, or Z. Interestingly, you can also import a CT scan or an MRI scan or any of these in video format because it's a live imaging system. And you can actually see much more detail in the biofield viewer of the CAT scan. So the CAT scan may show you a tumor. The biofield viewer will show you where it's malignant so we can target our healing. That's why this is the era of precision guidance healing. Right. 
Wow. So I'm very excited to try this out uh, and I will let you know the results. I wish <laughs> we actually created this before um, we spoke, but I'm sure that the audience will love to do their own kind of biofield imaging and get an understanding. And I think it's probably still very tricky for people to make sense of what the colors mean. So that um, I yeah. imagine working well, with um, good, you know a practitioner good. is... Yeah, pardon me. Sorry. I'm so excited when people... No, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say there is a lot of information on YouTube and on SlideShare, which I make freely available to help people interpret their own images. Uh, it's a really good way to encourage and empower people to do their own interpretation. And I would never want to be the man across the desk who gets to kind of really you know, decipher something. But what we are capable of doing is helping people identify not just the stepping stones out of the disharmony they're in, but which stone to step on first. And that's actually quite crucial. Um, you know, if someone's got an energetic leak or blockage or something, you know, there's there's a lot of damage done when we um, don't fully see them as they really are. Um, and I am excited that we're bringing technology into everybody's pocket, which allows them to have this discernment back, um, which has been taken away from them by the sort of corporate raiders, the cream stealers for the last hundred years. <laughs> uh, Thornton, uh, you got away with your words. Uh, very fascinating. Um, so I want to talk about the heart and other major organs that are of great importance to the energy field. I've been really fascinated by the heart and I've been sort of following studies um, at the Heart Institute. And I say that loosely, you know, I'm, I'm more curious. I'm definitely not an expert. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to, to hear from you what kind of information you have about the heart because I've learned that it is the most kind of powerful organ um, that we well, have. When you, when you boil a heart... Um, it sort of unfurls into one long muscle. It's actually just a spiralized muscle. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, but the spiraling is, of course, the interesting thing because we also have that, you know, when a child, that sort of beautiful pattern in our hair, like the reeds in a river, where the current of our electromagnetic flow swirls around and enters into our, our being through the crown. Well, the heart center is very important because it relates to time. In the same way the lower three chakras relate to space, 1D, 2D, 3D, 1D being emerging from the zero point, um, relates to grounding, fight, flight, freeze, fawn, <laughs> that kind of thing. And, of course, we do get petrified. We do run after things when we're, when we're in the fight. But the navel chakra, which relates to emotions, family, the umbilical, you know, and the solar plexus, those three, that triage, sort of gyroscopic bioplasma jets firing out, maintaining this spaceship on a planet that's spinning at a 1,000 miles an hour. Um, and yet we feel still. So we've all heard of space-time continuum. Well, the lower three chakras maintain us in space, and the heart chakra maintains us in time. And the physical heart is the clock. When the Greeks first measured the heartbeat, it used to beat at 60 beats a minute. Uh, we're just in a rush. You know, you give someone a phone and, um, and a, a, a car, and, and they're 
beats per minute will go up, do that for 100, 200 years, it'll stay up. Um, but the simple fact is the physical heart is the clock, but the sacredness of the heart is twofold. One, it's at the center of the toroidal field, which is our true nature, uh, and that we call the assemblage point. And that's really in the core of our being. And we measure that in terms of like a yacht. It's it's yaw and it's pitch, you know, whether it's centripetally, centrifugally spinning correctly. These are the key factors of health as we move into the next generation. Um, but then also the physical heart chakra has a very unique and strange perspective. And, and I like to use the analogy of a surfboard because the surfboard would be the body. Um, although we are a body on the board, um, uh, and it's the vehicle that we use to travel on the wave that we call time. Um, so this wave is very interesting. It's, it's always there. We can get off it and get on it. Um, it's a bit like a bore. Uh, which is a wave that travels down a river. And of course, we're now talking about the river of consciousness here. Time is a wave. Um, and in order for anyone to heal in any way, anyone to say, I'm an energy healer or energy medicine practitioner, they need to have mastered this surfing of the wave because that is what we call presence or the now, or being present. Because if you're floundering with your anchors in the past, or sort of guffing with your tentacles in the future, and you're not present riding this wave down through the river of consciousness, you have no access to the higher sensory um, perceptions, the higher the sort of sports gearbox that all of us who work with clairvoyance or telekinesis or precognition or um, remote uh, remote healing, remote viewing, you know, these distant healing, all of these pillars of, of parapsychology require a human being to be accessing this higher gearbox, which, of course, it sits above the heart chakra because that heart plus lower chakra system is the physical body and relates to us in what we consider all there is in modern science, i.e. time and space. But we know from studying distant healers that they're able to send healing and diagnose people 10,000 miles away instantaneously. So there must be other stuff going on. Um, and there's a triage going on. It's inspired by humility because humility, as opposed to pride, um, controls the aperture of the crown chakra. So, you know, some people say there's a silver thread. Well, I say if you're in tune with your divinity, it's more like a sort of fire hose because you've got white light pouring directly down into your crown chakra, which is, you know, let's call it source. And then with your own intuition and your divine communication, the magic of spelling, of controlling and directing the magic of energy, we do at our throat chakra and our brow chakra. That triage then is, is miraculous. Like if you and I, two living beings in a state of perfect presence, by bringing our kundalini rising up through our lower chakras, our heart, up into our throat and brow and crown. When we do this, we can claim total healing, but we can also direct that well-being to, say, Ukraine right now. 
say all the Russian guns go rusty over overnight, whatever it takes. Right, right, right. Wow. And so um, I have so many questions. I'm just, uh, think for the audience, because we didn't really talk about the upper chakras and, and what they mean. So, you know, the throat chakra, the fifth chakra, the sixth, the pineal. And and I think also we can talk about, I don't know if this is your this is your area of expertise, but the hormonal glands and how they are important to understanding energy medicine as well. Um, I've been fascinated by some of the studies on the hypothalamus gland as kind of like the, um, you know, entry point to the subconscious, but I'm curious, like what, what sort of research you may have landed on, um, on the hormonal glands. And if this is not your area of expertise, we can skip it. Oh no, it is from a holistic perspective. I mean, I obviously teach PhD students in all range of different um, aspects of this. But what I would say is that in plant biology, we don't have the separation and divorce that we have in human biology. You can see the bud and the petals of a flower for example, on the same page. But with modern medicine, because we have these sort of chasm between the two understandings, or or let's call it a mountain, you know, we really have to kind of bore together with our kind of diamond-tipped drills. And from the medical perspective, I certainly congratulate those people who are doing things like psychoneuroimmunology and so forth, because they're kind of coming at the truth from the very, very clinical sort of um, Cartesian clockwork perspective, but from an energy medicine or holistic perspective, we see these glands as very, very much a part of the petal chakra system. And of course, you really need to know what the chakras are. The chakras are transponders. You know, when we have physical waste, uh, when we started this conversation, we're talking about states of matter. Well, this is a good um, perspective. Physical waste, well, we eliminate that in the bathroom uh, and a few, uh, you know, bits of earwax and so forth. Um, And of course, liquid waste, we urinate, we sweat, we cry, we pee. We spit. Um, and in terms of the sort of gaseous emanations, of course, we sort of sweat, um, and our pores open up. We see an elephant's ears, they sort of become really big, and sort of all the vessels. So we can see that the skin is quite clearly being used to emanate and off gas. But from a plasma perspective, bioplasma perspective, I was speaking earlier that it's an exhaust system. Well, let me explain. Um, the um, the um, the emanation or the elimination of plasma can't occur through the other physical um, sphincters because it would burn them. You can't use jet um, plasma uh, in anything other than a very specific, um, uh, you know, vessel, metal frames. I can't think of the word. But um, the, the body does it with acupuncture points. The acupuncture points are these very clever little 70,000 ohm difference between an acupuncture point and a point a centimeter away from it on the body surface. So we're talking about the, the, the body surface from an electrical perspective. And so with these um, points, hundreds of them around the body, the body emanates this bioplasma. Now, where did we get it in the first place? Well, if we're smart, we got it from all the fruit we were eating. 
you can see a Kirlian photograph of an apple and an orange, and you can see how wonderful nature it is. You know, a tree is standing there, sucking the living daylights out of the sun with the best solar panels ever invented leaves, um, bringing all that sunlight into this seed area where it's needed, along with the ball of water, to nourish those seeds as they grow. And, of course, Adam and Eve worked that out pretty quickly and got in there and started eating apples and oranges and and that's how our consciousness you could argue perhaps got us out of the uh, shepherding and more into the poetic reality we're in now and uh thornton i actually want to double click on this point because um i'm sure people are very curious you know how can we actually put our bioplasma and in general just like our bodies into a state of balance especially since it feels like there is so much stress um an increasing kind of mental health crisis right so uh i imagine the pandemic is going to play out uh, is going to manifest physical ailments you know that we have yet to see right years from now decades from now um so i'm curious you know what can we do and um, I'm, and then this is a separate, but perhaps a related point. I'm also very curious about the concept of heart and brain coherence and what that means. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I probably would hazard a guess that most of your listeners are, 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 are overworking, um, and um, I would really hope they would immediately give themselves permission to have a half-day spa day every week from now on, wherever they are in the world. And I don't mean the glitzy, schnitzy spa. I mean just focusing on who they are. Um, and in terms of symmetry and harmony in the biofield, it's actually very simple. And I think there are two answers. There's the do you want to play Monopoly answer and go around collecting all the houses and um, chaining them up for hotels and becoming the megalomaniac? Or do you want to go straight to go and collect 400? Um, do you want to sort of travel around on the snakes and ladders board going up and down all these different um, ups and downs? Or do you want to claim your ladder and go straight and win? Um, so, you know, healing is, 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 is done at a rate that people's minds allow it to be done. That's the first thing I would say. So if anyone is actually with me right now, what I would say is choose it, claim it, and own it. Because a bit like fake it till you make it, you know, healing is something very powerful and um, rather mysterious and beautifully divine. And from all the research I've done, uh, especially with young people who... Uh, seem to have a kind of candy floss um, look at the moment with sort of shielding fields. Um, They respond really well to anything, whether it's doing a twin heart meditation or anything. They respond so well to it. It's a bit like watching a mesa in the research. All of the sort of masters are chugging away highly um, reliably Optimized, but all these young people who've entered the study have a really steep curve, steep curve up to meet them on the mesa as they get entrained with these masters. So I really do reckon that whoever you are and wherever you are, you know, Wim Hof, Reiki master, Tai Chi, whatever it is that takes your fancy, just do it. Because in a week, 
you're going to feel and be 50% better. You know, take it from the horse's mouth. I've done the research. Mm. And Thornton, are you saying that this is like a, a daily practice that we need to be doing? Or I mean, maybe you could tell us what your uh, kind of week is like, how you kind of show up in the morning, how you take care of yourself, and how that kind of manifests. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think each to their own for sure, and I'm more than happy to share the tricks of my um, um, well-being. Um, you know, I'm in the service of others every day. <laughs> I'm, I'm. That's <laughs> what I do, and I find that deeply rewarding and nourishing. And those others may have four legs or two. Um, some of them have wings, but essentially that's really my modus operandi. I'll make orange juice for everyone before I will have a sip myself. I think um, abstinence and humility and service are the three keys to divinity. And, you know, I don't want to work for God. I want to serve him, her, them, us we, them, he, you know, it's it's a process of accepting the revelation. And so in terms of healing, um, yes, we can work out a 12-month plan to go from A to B, or we can claim a complete total remission, instantaneous remission, in fact, and have a miraculous healing. Now, you know, obviously we carry on with our doctors, but let them record it. Um, I've seen so many things um, working with psychic um, surgeons in the Philippines, um, those um, fabulous um, dedicated uh, healers in, in China who are working um, to remove um, um, tumors instantaneously so yeah i mean i think anything's possible once we get out of the burning ship we call modern medicine um i mean how can pfizer say their vaccine is 99 effective and then it goes down to 15 percent um my biggest concern at the moment is the vaccine is severely damaging people with clairvoyance and i wonder why is this just another fluoride I'd love to kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about the wave state medicine and what the, you know, what that means versus particle state medicine and also what frequencies are perhaps, I mean, we spoke about it really briefly, but you said, um, and I may be getting this incorrect, but you said that healing can take place at the wave state versus the particle state. So um, how do we move into that wave state? How can you sort of guide people or train people um, to, to be more wave versus particle? Right. Well, no, I would say actually we are blinking between wave and particle state the whole time. And therefore, it's just up to us to choose one tool or another. I mean, do you go through the door with a door handle or do you go through the wall with a sledgehammer? I mean, I would say that would be the analogy and um, irony between going into the body in wave state and going into the body in particle state. Um, the side effects are too, too much when we're in particle state. And as you know, the observer influences the results of his observations. And so we've got to really be careful accepting um, what they call the whole 
gold standard or blind research um, because it seems people can influence the results of research from all kinds of different places. Um, and, um, and therefore, I think it really is time for us to take the power back into our each individual hand um, and make the choices and decide ourselves. Um, you know, that is humanity. And um, there's obviously lots of beautiful people who hold space for healing. And I would go to one of those as a guide um, in whatever country you're in. Um, but, of course, there are charlatans in every field. Um, and I find that perhaps more depressing than the chance that someone will find a beautiful healer. And that's why, ultimately, I think it's best to learn EFT, Reiki, for yourself. Do it. Right, right. Uh, so, Thornton, we're kind of coming at time, and um, we'll have to have you back on the show because I have so many more questions, and I'm very fascinated by this space, as I'm sure many people are, and I feel like we've kind of just really scratched the surface. Um, but what has surprised you the most uh, since you've been on this journey, and perhaps you can even tell us about like one of the most kind of profound stories of healing um, in you know all the research that you've done. Well, that's a lovely question because it, it allows me to speak to the meta study, which has been my life. Um, I've lectured around the world, and probably some of you guys have seen me um, literally from A to Z. I've been everywhere almost every year. Um, I love to get about. Um, and, um, of course, when I travel, I do lectures one after the other in different cities, normally in a kind of holistic venue, but it could be a hospital or a school or anything, actually a university. Um, and I scan everyone. Now, 30 years ago, when I took Harry Oldfield's PIP out that my colleague John Tatchpole developed, um, we would see one person in a hundred would show up in what I would call the divine state, which means they have a totally great biofield, really bright, like a um, lighthouse or something, beacon. Um, but over the 30 years, I noticed this um, rare occurrence going up and up and up and up until probably a couple of years ago, half of the people in the audience that I would scan with the biofield viewer would have this lights on, match fit, totally conscious, smiling biofield. And so I think I've really witnessed with my technology in a completely unique way, the awakening of mankind. Wow. Wow. Fascinating. What do you think the reason is for that? Um, because we stopped believing the bullshit we were fed. Um, we had access to better sacred plants, which are a good um, sort of um, shift away from all of the programming and conditioning and suppression that every human being has been under. I mean, to just to shake the cake off the pituitary gland, the pineal gland, you know, it can take a magic mushroom or, or some ayahuasca. Otherwise, you're just talking about something from the peanut gallery. You know, you're the spiritual bouncer who's never been in. And then you are telling people what it's like in there. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about some of the books or kind of 
your favorite books on this topic that may have inspired you or other resources that you can point folks to in order to learn more about the space? Well, I think I think there is so much material out there. Um, I do think Claude Swanson probably has written the best book on my subject. Um, I'm going to lay it because it's been quite a while since I had a copy in my hands. But Claude Swanson is the man. Um, Life Force, a scientific basis, is one of the books. Um, but he's got over a thousand references, and of course, Claude honors the global perspective of this field. Most Americans like to take global knowledge and, and, and take it down to the American patent office. I think that's one of the saddest things about America. Um, Claude Swanson at least honors the sources of, of all of the, the activity in my field for the last hundred years. Most of the people, you know, the shift network type characters, they're just into co-opting ancient knowledge as their own. Um, it's very sad. Mm, yeah, I mean, but I think it's important to share this with as many people as possible. And I think a lot of people are maybe struggling to figure out the best way to move it forward. Um, yeah. Oh, I agree. The pizza effect is wonderful, but it's got to be a better pizza, hasn't it? <laughs> so, Thornton, we're um, unfortunately at time, but what do you want to tell our listeners about their health, wellness, well-being? What's your, what's your main takeaway? Um, I know that the breath is the gearbox for life. And so if you don't know that, that means you've been stuck in first gear your whole life. So if you're interested in exploring your own um, sort of biosonic um, gearbox, then, um, then learn how to breathe. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then, um, then search, um, search breathwork, you know, and Alice in Google land. Mm, love it. Love it, love it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of breathwork. And uh, we actually had um, Wim Hof's daughters on the show about a year ago and uh, another um, breathwork instructor. So amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Thornton. This has been so lovely. And where can people find you? And also, where can people find the Biofield Viewer? Uh, great. Well, the Biofield Viewer, you search for it and you can buy it. Um, we supply and train we have unlimited training for our practitioners so even those that are retiring now who are leaving their systems to other practitioners we're training them for free so yeah we've got a really juicy family of practitioners around the world the soul mirror and the petal they're available on a monthly doodah through patreon probably Slade saying that right but that's how you spell it and then the free offer that I'm giving to your listeners to have a um you know a poke and stroke of themselves in the soul mirror um hopefully you'll share that wherever this show appears it'll just be a link with a password and a and a, and a way in amazing yeah if you could share that with me I will definitely add that to the show notes thank you so much for your time Dr. Thornton this was so 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 um, inspirational, and I have a lot to think about after this conversation. Well, sorry, I'm so cheeky. <laughs> 
So for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learned about the anatomy and physiology of the human biofield with Dr. Thornton Streeter. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.